Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane here with Wags, as always. The NFL draft came and it went. Uh, Wags, the Packers team is going to look a little bit different with some of these new draft picks. It sure will. And I think we got a good draft here. I'm I'm pretty happy with what we did overall. So we'll, we'll dive into this player by player. But uh, for folks that... We're having some confirmation about how we would approach the draft and who we would get to improve the team. Um, I think it was pretty much what we expected. Look, we just just taking a step back, we we knew that based on their pre-draft interviews, they were going to focus on cornerback, offensive line, and and get a receiver, get a linebacker, and get a defensive lineman uh, and a running back late. That's exactly what we predicted uh, the other day before the draft started, Dane, and um, sure enough, uh, that's uh, kind of the plan that the Packers followed. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just just for, for full uh, disclosure, we know the Aaron Rodgers situation continues to be going on, but we're focusing on the draft today. Um, so if you want to get a, a peek into our thoughts on Rodgers as the news broke. Go to our Instagram page. We did a uh, Insta Live a couple days ago. Had a lot of great engagement uh, with, with some fans on that. Uh, but Wags, I think that we we uh, owe it to these young men that are uh, have been drinking for all of them uh, to focus solely on them today on this podcast. And um, Wags, how do you want to do this? I'm thinking maybe we just start with round one and, and talk through and just kind of, uh, I'd love to hear your take uh, on, on the Packers first round pick here. So yeah, with the first pick, obviously everyone knows by now we took a cornerback Eric Stokes from Georgia and not a surprise uh, for either of us or anyone out there that we went cornerback in the first round. I, I know that you and I are both uh, have voiced some displeasure that we continue to have to invest early round draft capital into cornerbacks. It seems like we've uh, done quite a few first and second round picks on corners and uh, Jair Alexander's the, the main guy that's uh, really uh, worked out for us. But, but look, um, this is a high priority position group and we're going to have to continue to bring talent in so not a shock at all that we went uh, with Eric Stokes um, he's got a lot of great pedigree obviously everybody knows the, the speed 42540 uh, in his pro day um, and uh, he's lined up and, and played a lot of NFL talent in the SEC um, what I like most about him Dane is that he doesn't allow a high completion rate and um, I think he's a very competitive corner on the outside. He's got some nice size. Um, and I think he's going to compete with Kevin King to be starting right away uh, in week one. So he's going to have to come in and, and do the work in the rookie orientation and OTAs and camp. Uh, but I think we've got a, a really talented guy and, and add some additional speed on the outside. Uh, so I don't know why any would be anyone would be – uh, anything less than pretty excited to add another talented corner uh, to this defensive back group. Yeah, I mean, you know, some, some Packer fans out there, um, you know, got on the Packers for bringing Kevin King back and then, you know, are saying, well, we need to 
have a, a new corner, and then the Packers draft a corner in the first round and spend this capital, and they say, well, no, we wanted to, you know, get a weapon for Rodgers. And it's like, well, this is a weapon for the team, right? Eric Stokes, I really think this is a good pick. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, playing against you know, other receivers with a high pedigree. I love his size. He's a six foot one plus guy. Uh, that speed at that size. He has long arms. He's rangy and, um, Weggs. I also really like, I, I believe he's only played corner for a few years now. So I think that the, the sky is the limit, uh, with this guy and, you know, you pair him uh, with Jair Alexander. You, we did bring Kevin King back, Shannon Sullivan, and then obviously Amos and Savage. I love our defensive backfield uh, this season. That gets pretty nasty. And if Stokes is as good as I think he has the ability to be and can show up on day one, uh, which I think he can do, like real talk, the Packers might have some of the better defensive back groups uh, in the entire NFL. I like the pick. I'm excited about the pick. Uh, he's going to wear number 21. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of swag between he and Jair Alexander next season. Uh, also maybe gives the Packers opportunity with bringing King back at times, moving Jair around where they want to maybe put him in the slot at times. It's going to be very interesting what they do, uh, but bringing Stokes in, it gives uh, this defense another chess piece. And I really, really, really like the selection. And I'm going to give you kudos, Dane, because you've been saying since the end of this season when we talked about the um, defensive back and cornerback review uh, for the position group that you, you were saying we're probably going to re-sign a guy. Whether, we didn't think it would be Kevin King, but we thought we'd sign a veteran right. and probably draft a corner in either round one or round two. So um, for a few months now, that's been kind of something you've been thinking the Packers would do, and sure enough, that seemed to be the plan here. Uh, it wasn't a guarantee. I don't think that they were going to go corner in the first round. I think there could have been a couple of other positions. O-line or wide receiver definitely uh, could have been positions they would have uh, taken someone uh, if there would have been a higher-rated player available. But either way, uh, not a surprise at all uh, that we went corner in round one, um, and you've been calling that uh, since the start. So a good call out there. Um, I think it's uh, one other thing with Eric is even if he's not ready to start right away, he's going to contribute. I really think um, early on, uh, even if he's not starting right away on the outside, but that gives the Packers a lot of extra versatility, uh, not only in case there's an injury, but as you said, they can move Jair around. Um, they might even be able to move uh Shannon Sullivan around a little bit. Uh, who knows? Uh, Joe Barry seems to really like defensive backs, uh, similar to, to how Mike Batten did, but uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different defense. Uh, so getting some extra talent out on the field, they might want to be able to move, um, you know, Savage around a little bit as well. So um, I think getting a, a talented guy like Eric Stokes is just going to give this defense another chance to take that next step this season. So I'm excited by that pick as well. Um, so let's move into round two then. Uh, we took a center. Uh, Josh Myers, obviously we lost Corey Lindsley. I figured we would go O-line, um, and it could have gone any number of ways. Dane, I was excited that we went uh, with uh, Josh Myers, the center, by all accounts, just a mauler in the run game. And typically when you're getting the offensive lineman in the second round, 
uh, in the interior offensive line position, you're getting probably one of, if not the top guy uh, on your te- on a team's board. So I don't know if this was the top center on the Packers board, but um, Josh Myers probably um, as a value, um, you're going to get a, a probably one of the best offensive linemen in the interior that's available in the entire draft because those offensive tackles tend to go in the first round. Uh, with the versatility that we already have uh, with uh, Elton Jenkins um, and uh, being able to move around basically to any position, uh, you know, we've got, um, you know, Lucas Patrick and John Runyon uh, on the interior as well. Um, and by all accounts, Josh Myers can play all three interior positions. So I think this pick makes a ton of sense. Sounds like the Packers really, really rated Josh Myers very highly. Um, just a big kid out of Ohio State. Um, so I I really like this pick. But what did you think about Josh Myers, Dan? Well, Wags, I mean, he comes from the same college Corey Lindsley went to, wore the same number, um, and, and I don't think that um, the, the similarities end there. Um, obviously, Josh getting drafted a couple rounds higher than Corey was, uh, but you, you mentioned, you know, the high pick on the board. I know that the, the Chiefs took a center uh, right after, and, and then a, a few picks later, the young man from Whitewater um, here, UW Whitewater uh, also got taken off the board, but clearly the Packers like Josh Myers, and there's a lot to like. Uh, he was a two year starter, but he's also a two time All Big Ten pick, right? He's a captain as a redshirt junior, uh, so he shows leadership qualities. He's played at top, top level for a top university. Um, I really like him. You call him Mahler. I agree. I think that he comes in. Uh, helps solidify this offensive line. And one of the things that I really like about it is that means that I think Alton Jenkins is very likely going to be able to stay at the guard position where he has the makings of an all-pro. And if, if Myers can be what we think he can be, if we have Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers on the left side of the offensive line, that's absolutely nasty. Uh, Billy Turner is going to be able to probably kick out, play that right tackle position. Then we're going to watch Lucas Patrick, uh, John Runyon, and, and maybe uh, a couple others we might be mentioning here uh, later in the draft um, are all going to be competing for another slot. But I really like what the Packers did here. And uh, you're right. I wasn't sure where they going to go. Uh, we thought it'd be offensive line. Wasn't sure if it'd be a tackle. Um, but to be able to get Myers in the second round is really, really good value. And it really fits, I think, the MO of what the Packers like to do. So really solid pick. Uh, obviously, young man's got to put pads on and, and you know, and, and show up. But I think he has the makings of a guy uh, who could be a uh, project as a long-term starter for the Packers. Well, I think we would expect him to compete to be starting right away this year as well. I mean, with the second round pick in a center, that's that's kind of the expectation. So not to put any extra pressure on him. Um, it, it is interesting, too. I, I mentioned the versatility before. I wasn't necessarily thinking center. I, I I guess I was thinking the plan would be let's put Elton Jenkins inside a center, right? I think he showed a lot when they played him there this past season, and maybe they still will. Uh, but uh, and then and and then you know you could have Myers at at guard. But it's it's interesting with the versatility that they have. I mean, with Billy Turner and Jenkins and some of these other guys, uh, they were able to go and get a center uh, or an interior offensive lineman in the second round and 
and didn't have to necessarily settle. Not that they couldn't have gotten a good offensive tackle in the second round, but they didn't have to settle for like that eight to 10th best tackle um, on the board. And they could get one of the best offensive uh, interior offensive linemen. Um, so the, the positional versatility that they already had uh, with the guys that they have um, afforded them the opportunity to go and just get the best offensive linemen they could uh, in round two. So I really, really like that pick. Um, Dane, let's move then. I think the favorite pick amongst Packer fans is we got a receiver, uh, third round pick Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Um, you know, this kid just looks like he's a football player. Uh, I know that's a little bit yeah. of a cliche, but um, he makes all the catches. I really like what I see from him on tape, more of a slot guy, uh, but he's physical. Um, he's got really good hands. I like that. Um, I saw a lot of uh, back shoulder catches uh, with him uh, on tape. Um, he, he can go down the seam. He's not necessarily a burner, uh, but he sometimes that's a little bit um, overrated because guys, uh, once they put the pads on, uh, how, how well do you run your routes? You know, uh, do you have precision? And, and are you still running with that same speed? He looks like he's got some, some um, stoutness too. You know, he's not just, you know, a stick out there. Like you got a, a littler guy, but um, he looks like he can hold up. I, I don't have any concerns with, with his body type that he could be struggling with injuries because of uh, him being a little bit undersized. But I'll tell you what, we've been needing, I think, a player like Amari Rogers. And I'm not saying he's going to come in and make a huge impact right away early in the season, but we've been needing a player like him for a couple of years ever since Randall Cobb has left. And I think he has an opportunity to come in and make an impact in a number of different ways. Wags, I mean, the Randall Cobb comparisons are very uh, abundant and apparent. I mean, it it goes down to the fact that um, Randall Cobb has been serving as Amari's mentor. Uh, which is me. Uh, this is the son of T, uh, who, um, you know, I think fans that maybe have been around a little bit, Martin, um, from his days in college football. So, you know, now his son is here. T Martin was Randall Cobb's coach. So there's all these connections and he just plays like Randall Cobb. And that's a really exciting thing to think about, right? We saw what Randy was able to do over the years. I'm curious to see, um, there, there's been um, murmurs, uh, that Amari could be helpful in the return game as well. Um, I think that he's going to be able to, um, you know, slot in in kind of that motion uh, position within the offense. And uh, I think he can be a lot more than that as well. So, Wags, to your point, um, he looks tough. He looks like he has good hands. Uh, he fits what we do um, incredibly well. He maybe isn't the, the big, big guy that the Packers seem to like those big bodied receivers, but that's okay, right? I think that he's somebody who's going to be able to kind of slide in and get some reps. And I expect him, I mean, you always expect your first few round guys to to be able to have some kind of impact, right? But um, looking at what Amari's up to, I just really think that his game translates really well to this Packers offense. Um, uh, Actually similar to like Josiah DeGuara from last year, um, just fits the offense, fits what LaFleur is looking for. And I, I expect him to make an impact, um, you know, early in the season and throughout the season. I really think he has that potential. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting to see, too. I don't know if he's going to be uh, someone that will compete uh, to be a return man 
but uh, certainly he's done that. So uh, I would I would think he's going to be in the mix there, uh, special teams. And uh, again, if, if he's someone that can uh, not only potentially give us some looks in the slot um, as a receiver, uh, but be a return man. And, you know, if he's, he kind of takes over that Tyler Irvin motion um, and, and can, can give him some, jet sweeps and or just uh, kind of uh, keep keep the defense off balance. Uh, this is a, a, a kid that has an opportunity to see an awful lot of snaps right away um, early in his career. So uh, we'll see how that develops. But I'm excited by this pick, and I think a lot of other Packer fans were excited too. Sure, we didn't get a receiver in the first round, but I think uh, Amari Rogers, uh, based on what we see on tape and coming out of Clemson, um, you're going to see a player that's going to be able to contribute uh, pretty significantly, I think, next season. So, um, Dan, let's move into fourth round. We got another offensive lineman, um, a, t- a tackle, uh, Royce Newman out of Mississippi. Um, here's a kid uh, that I think um, uh, won't necessarily be relied on. Uh, he'll give an opportunity, I think, obviously, certainly to compete in camp. Uh, but I don't think we're looking for him to necessarily uh, step right in and start. Uh, right away, but um, I'm going to give uh, Rob Domofsky of ESPN some credit here on this. What's interesting, Packers have had quite a bit of success drafting offensive linemen in the fourth round. Um, TJ Lang, uh, Bakhtiari, uh, Josh Sitton were all fourth round picks. Uh, obviously, certainly uh, multiple Pro Bowls out of those three guys, um, well known for, by most Packer fans. So um, if Royce Newman follows in that trajectory, uh, we could have, um, you know, uh, a steal here in the fourth round. But uh, what do you think about this pick, Dan? You know, he fits. He He's one of those guys, again, that fits what the Packers like to do on the offense. It gives them options. Uh, he was a right tackle uh, in college. I think he's projecting more likely to the inside um, as a guard. Um, he, he is a little bit older. Uh, he'll be turning 24 uh, before the start of the season. So just, you know, slightly excuse me, older than um, I think some of the other guys uh, in the draft class, but um, he's very, very versatile. Um, he's got a little bit of experience playing on the edge as well. Maybe he projects as a right tackle as well. Um, the Packers obviously don't have a ton of depth at the tackle position uh, going into the season as of yet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, – where they start to list him. I haven't seen the listing yet of uh, what position they're going to list him at, but uh, to your point, he's going to have a chance in camp uh, to fight for a position and, and, um, you know, that kind of draft capital. Again, I think the Packers are probably hoping that he's able to stick on the roster. There's something there that they really seem to like in him, uh, but we'll see. I I think we're going to want to know if he's going to be a tackler or guard. And then from there, uh, all eyes are going to be on him to see what kind of development he's able to bring to the table. So in the fifth round, the Packers uh, went back to the defensive side and, and added a defensive lineman. Uh, Tedderell Slayton goes by yeah. TJ, um, defensive tackle out of Florida. Huge kid, 6'4", 330. So uh, what Huge I like about yeah, yeah, what I like about adding someone of his size is that um, I think that complements uh, who they have there already. Certainly, um, Kenny Clark is the mainstay. Uh, Kinsley Kiki uh, doesn't have quite that size, but he uh, emerged a little bit more of a, a spot pass rusher last year. And I think 
he could excel in that role if he's not called upon to get quite quite as many snaps. Um, and so if you if if TJ is someone that can get out there and compete and get some snaps right away, not only could he potentially spot um, Kenny Clark uh, a few snaps in some run situations, uh, but um, I think it gives uh, another look out there for this Packers defense. Um, and it enables maybe them to rotate guys around a little bit more. I don't think we're done with this defensive line. Um, I would uh, think we might even uh, look to add late, uh, maybe a veteran free agent uh, before camp. But um, certainly TJ is a guy that just based on his measurables, I think uh, is going to have an opportunity to to make an impact here uh, in year one. Wags, this might be one of my favorite picks of the draft. I, I really like his game. He's played a ton of football uh, down there uh, in Florida, he played over 45 games, I mean, in college football. Pretty darn impressive. Started 12 this past season. You mentioned his size. I mean, six foot four, 330, known as a run plugger. Um, that's where these guys kind of go, you know, uh, in the draft. Unless they're a do-it-all, rush the passer, uh, big guy, um, you know, they start to go in the, you know, third through the fifth round. I think the Packers had a guy right here. Um, we've had a heck of a time trying to stop the run over the last couple of seasons at times, especially two seasons ago. But last year, it was glaring at times as well. Um, tried to plug the hole with with Snacks Harrison. Um, there, there was talk that the Packers had an interest in Delvin Tomlinson last season during the trade deadline. I think this fixes that. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to project this young man to be an all-pro like Snacks was at one point in his career, but they have a similar playing style, similar body type. Um, this guy's got a motor for days. I think that he's going to be able to eat up blockers, um, you know, two guys at a time. And that's exactly what this defense needs. Uh, Kingsley Kiki, is proven, I think, and he's continuing to develop, but he's going to be rushing the passer, I think. But we needed this big, big body guy that can just, you know, just muck stuff up uh, along the line. And that's what we got here. Um, I love his attitude. I love what he brings to the table. So, Wags, uh, I'm fired up about this one. I, I was smiling uh, when I was reading some of the reviews on this guy because I just think that he's going to be exactly what this defense ordered. For sure. And he's going to get, like I said, a lot of opportunities to compete for, for some snaps right off the bat. I think he's going to uh, have a chance to crack that lineup, not necessarily you know, as a defensive um, starter uh, on the uh, defensive line, but um, those guys rotate out quite a bit. So I think if, if he shows, he's going to be given some, some early opportunities to contribute. So we stay defense with our second uh, round five selection, Shamar Jean Charles, corner out of Appalachian State. Uh, and some folks might have been surprised that we doubled up at corner. I'm not at all, um, considering we had uh, four guys in for pre-draft interviews that played a cornerback position. Two of them were that were slated to go in, in uh, late round one or early round two, and two more that were slated to go in that round four, round five window. So it seemed pretty apparent that we were going to double up at the corner position. Um, and um, I, I think this is an interesting pick um, in that, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say I know a lot about this kid. However, um, I think that um, uh, when anytime you get someone out of a smaller school like Appalachian State, 
um, you know that they're going to be extremely competitive and, and, and have the ability to continue to develop. Um, there's nothing given to them. Um, they just love football. Um, so I don't know him personally, but that's, that's pretty universal when you get a kid like this. Um, and I think it's also interesting that um, it gives some additional competition. Look, neither Josh Jackson nor Kadar Holman uh, were active at the last few games of the season. They were healthy scratches. Uh, so both of those guys have been part of the 53 for the last few seasons. Um, and I don't think that the, that what that says is um, that their, their position on the roster is far from guaranteed going into camp. Everyone's going to have to compete for a spot. And, um, you know, you're going to better be able to contribute in multiple ways, um, not only at a defensive side, but a special team. When you're one of these guys that's going to be the last couple of spots uh, in a position group. Uh, so I, if nothing else, I think it, it makes sure that we're getting the very best guys out there uh, in this cornerback position group. Um, so I'm not sure if he will definitely make the roster. We've got a deep, deep um, cornerback and defensive back room, but um, I, I like this pick, and I'm not surprised at all that Goody doubled up on the cornerback group. Wags, to your point, I mean, this put this definitely puts Josh Jackson, Kadar Holman on notice, right? I think that that's, that's just the case um, because he is going to come in and compete. And now he's an interesting guy, right? He's, he's a little on the, on the shorter side, um, just kind of judging by him, the kind of the five ten range, give or take, um, could be more of a slot guy as well. But I love, um, he, the, the stats of um, broken up passes. He broke up 17 passes last year. Uh, that led all FBS players. Pretty remarkable stat when you think about it. Um, now, you know, there are some drawbacks if you're looking at measurables. Um, maybe not the most um, fluid athlete. Uh, however, um, some guys are just good football players, you know, and, and these guys have different styles. So I'm not, I'm just going to kind of put the name out there, but Micah Hyde, maybe not the greatest athlete, quote unquote, but man, he made a lot of splash play, plays for the Packers and is still doing his thing in Buffalo right now. Um, so, you know, you can take some of these, uh, some of these cone drills and other things with a grain of salt, because I think some guys can just play good football. And I think that that might be what we have here in Shamar. Now, only time will tell, uh, but I, I guarantee he's going to come to camp. He's going to compete. Now, you know, as we start talking about guys, um, further down in the draft, I think that we always need to put an asterisk that they got to show up on special teams as well if they're going to stick. Um, but the Packers clearly saw something. They deviated a little bit from what they normally uh, look for in their prototypical cornerback. Um, so they clearly saw something there that they liked enough to pull the trigger and draft him. Um, I'm excited to see him in camp, and um, I really just want to see – um, where they put him as well, because I really do see him maybe in the slot side. I don't think he's going to be bumping Shannon Sullivan anytime soon, but I do think that he might be able to get some reps um, just on the defensive side of the ball and especially on special teams. For sure. And so then with the second, uh, or I'm sorry, the first uh, round six picks, since they had two, two picks in the sixth round as well, um, they uh, took uh, Cole Van Lannan um, out of Wisconsin, uh, tackle and, and he could play tackle or guard in the NFL. Um, certainly uh, a good feel good 
story, a Green Bay native, uh, went to the University of Wisconsin, so local kid, um, which is, is really awesome for him. So it's super cool for, for him and his family to be, have the opportunity uh, to play for the Packers. And um, uh, so were you surprised at all, though, that they took three offensive linemen uh, in the draft? I, I think one of the things about Cole that certainly they're going to like is, again, they're going to get – uh, as many of these offensive linemen in camp as they can compete. There's going to be nine or 10 of them making the 53. They love uh, the versatility. Um, certainly we don't know if Bakhtiari is going to be ready to go in camp. Uh, we had a bunch of guys that we drafted last year that I think are going to have uh, every opportunity to compete again and make the roster. A couple of guys that weren't on the roster last year and and um, um, Hanson and uh, Stepaniak um, are going to be probably coming in, hopefully fully healthy uh, and having a chance to compete as well. So we've got a lot of, of young guys that have been drafted on this offensive line in the last couple of years. We've got, I think, a, a pretty clear um, top five or six, but um, we've got uh, some interesting battles, I think, that are going to be lined up here. Uh, adding Cole Van Lannen, I think, to the mix uh, is going to be a lot of fun to see these guys battle this out in camp. Wags, I mean, do you see the parallel I see with John Runyon Jr. from last season? You know, kind of coming in, Big Ten football player, a big guy, a left tackle in college, might play guard uh, in the NFL, but could also potentially play on the outside. Um, you know, not and just taking away the fact that he's a Wisconsin kid, um, I'll tell you what, he's a good football player. We've watched him play for a number of years at Wisconsin, and um, – I think that um, I'm not surprised that they went three deep. Uh, you know, that's two years in a row now. So we've had six offensive linemen in the last two years. But I'm not surprised by it, especially you've got to wonder if they were kind of looking at each other when he was still on the draft board and they went, well, shoot, you know, he can play football. Uh, you can't really go wrong with Wisconsin offensive linemen historically either. Uh, but I really, really like this selection. Um, I think that he'll be, you know, able to compete at a number of slots. They, they might ask him to try to play four different positions, right? And I think that that might be his best chance uh, to earn a slot on the 53. Um, but exciting story. It'll be fun to watch. Definitely going to be a fan favorite. But um, all the, all the um, you know, feel-good stuff aside, I think he can play. I think he can play. Play up. In the draft, I think he has option. John Runyon did, and um, you know, last season Runyon was able to come in in a pinch and look like a veteran. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think that Van Lannan has the same kind of upside. So then, with the second pick in the sixth round, the Packers went back to the defensive side and took a linebacker. And just like they've done the last few years, they've invested in the inside linebacker group on day three. Uh, so it's not a surprise that they added. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie out of Boston College, uh, maybe not him particularly, but a linebacker uh, in day three. Uh, we certainly expected that that would be something they would do after Christian Kirksey departed. Um, so he gets added to the mix with Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes. Um, and uh, I think he's going to be someone that not necessarily you expect to you compete to start right away, but um, uh, he's going to be, um, someone that's that's probably going to have an inside track to earn an opportunity to be on the roster. He's going to have to play special team, just like all these guys do. Uh, but 
I, I think it's one of those things that the Packers, there's, there's some vocal, I think, uh, minority of fans out there that that uh, think the Packers should take an inside linebacker on and, and the first or second day here one of these years, and, and maybe they will. Uh, but um, I think that that says that uh, they're pretty comfortable with who they have, but also obviously wanted to add another guy to the mix here. So what did you think about Isaiah McDuffie as to selection? You know, I, I hear the fans, um, you know, that, that would like to see um, a high round pick and then a linebacker. But I'll tell you what, Kamal Martin, I thought, played really, really good football after coming back from, um, you know, uh, off the IR last season. And Chris Barnes, I, you got to give these guys a chance too, right? Maybe they hit already on one or both of those guys. I thought that they both looked really, really fluid at times, played really good football. Um, did they look like rookies at times? Yeah. Uh, but did they also, like, not – they weren't an eyesore either in the middle of this defense. So um, I think that you can maybe expect a bit of a leap from year one to year two from those guys. So now looking at a, a, somebody like an Isaiah McDuffie, a uh, little undersized, right? Uh, he's listed in the 220-pound range. Um, but what he lacks, I think, in size, he makes up for in speed. I think his game is a speed game. Um, he, he's uh, he definitely rangy, uh, flies around the field a little bit, uh, a teammate, a former teammate, and now, again, teammate of A.J. Dillon. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I love his competitive nature. He was asked, I, I saw already, they were like, who would win in a hamburger drill? You or A.J. Dillon? He's like, well, what do you expect me to say, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, right? Like, I, it's like, it's cool. I think that he's going to be, um, he's got to earn the spot, right? And um, and he's going to be competing, um, yeah, with Kamal and, and sure with, with Chris, but also with Ty Summers, right? And this backer team will carry potentially four inside linebackers. Backers, maybe, maybe not. It shows on how much they, they show up on uh, special teams as well. Um, but there could be a spot for Isaiah. So um, curious to see. I haven't watched a lot of tape on him yet. But um, from all appearances, what I can tell is he's a fast guy. Um, he, he's a guy who isn't afraid to hit. And um, those are two things that are always a plus in my book, Wags. And you've got to think that Joe Barry was pretty instrumental in, in how this pick got taken I mean once you get into the sixth round uh, Joe Barry he's been you know he's made his bones uh, as a linebacker coach uh, in between coordinator stints so you've got to figure he knows what he wants and he knows who he can develop Um, he's taken some some guys that uh, aren't necessarily named players and developed them into pretty quality NFL starters so uh, not only with the guys that he has to, to work with coming back uh, but um, I have to figure that he uh, had quite a bit of input in this selection as well. So um, I, I, that that alone, I think, is something to keep an eye on. So, um, Dane, that leads us to the last pick. We knew they would take a running back. And finally, in round seven, on day three, we knew they would get at least one running back. Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State uh, is who they selected. Um, has a lot of comparisons to Jamal Williams. The guy that uh, I complimented yeah. Aaron Jones the last four years. Um, so, you know, he's a physical runner, can catch the ball out of the backfield. By all accounts, it's pretty polished as a pass blocker um, at the college level. So, um, you know, we needed to add some depth to this running back group. And so not a surprise at all that they made a selection here 
uh, with Kylan Hill. Uh, what do you know about him, and what do you think about this selection? Well, you know, it's really interesting. I, I mean, they're projecting him. He could potentially even have a kick return ability for the Packers. But um, everything I'm reading about him, he seems to have pretty soft hands. <clears throat> Jamal Williams, right? He's a tough tackle breaker. <clears throat> Jamal Williams, he, he's kind of got uh, a similar vibe. And even down to uh, the fumble uh, situation, uh, I think he had one fumble in all of college. Jamal Williams was notorious for being a good ball carrier and taking care of the football. So, Wags, I, I mean, I'm really uh, – Goody, uh, on on day three, um, after they drafted him, he's quoted saying, we're kind of holding our breath. We were surprised that uh, this guy was still on the board this late. Um, it's exciting. Now, he's buried a little bit on the depth chart right now, right, with, with both Aaron Jones and with A.J. Dillon. However, uh, the Packers have shown – that be surprised if, um, you know, we're looking for that third running back right now. There's going to certainly be some competition in camp. Uh, we might see some undrafted guys come in as well. But uh, Kylan Hill was very, very productive um, in, in college, and he played at a good school, played at Mississippi State. Uh, Wags, he had 1,300-plus yards and 10 touchdowns in 2019, breaking a ton of tackles, 100-plus tackles broken in his college career. Um, you know, there's a, probably some reasons he's there that late, but at the same time, um, seems like a great fit for Green Bay. Seems like the kind of runner that the Packers like. Hard-nosed, um, will find a hole, will one-cut, and he'll find, you know, try to get some yards out of it. So excited to see what Kylan can do in camp. Um, I'm really glad that we're actually going to be able to have a camp this year uh, so we can start to see these guys with our own eyes. But really nice selection this late. I mean, Wags, were you surprised that he was still on the board this late? Um, because um, it's just it's a little surprising. I think he does have that next-level talent. For sure. And you said you said it. I mean, he was very productive for his career. Um, over 2,500 yards, 21 touchdowns. Uh, so in, in the SEC, you're going to get a good quality player um, anytime you're talking about uh, someone that had that level of production. So I, I'm excited by this pick. And, you know, knock on wood, we've been extremely fortunate in the health department with our running back group the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, it, it's not a stretch to think that he could get some looks um, if there's any injuries uh, between Jones or Dylan um, at any time, even for you know a game or two, um, he could be in line to get some work this season uh, if he does emerge from camp as as that number three running back. He may not be active as a number three running back. A lot of times they only carry two um, on game day, especially. But um, I would expect that uh, if nothing else, he's going to have the opportunity to get called up. And get some get some time and get some carries um, if he does emerge as as that number three guy. So um, this is important. It's not like he's going to be a starter, but it is important to make sure that we've got some good depth in that running back position. So I'm excited that he was there and we were able to snap him up uh, on that third day and, and before the draft wrapped up. So Dane, I, that does it with our our drafted players. Uh, we had a lot of fun with our undrafted free agent. Um, selections last year. So we're going to do a separate pod talking about those guys. Um, it's always a lot of fun to dig into that. That's one of my favorite pods that we do every year. Um, yeah, I, certainly these guys that we took in, in the draft, we expect 
most, if not all of them, uh, will be part of the program here next year. Um, it doesn't always work out that way, but usually the draft when you get drafted, um, you're probably going to have a pretty good inside track uh, to making uh, the roster or even at least being on a practice squad in year one. Um, what's interesting about those undrafted guys, what's a lot of fun is there's always at least one or two that are a surprise. So I love digging into those guys a lot. Um, so I will look forward to you. Uh, having that come out um, sometime this week. I think we'll we'll let things kind of play out here, um, and then uh, we'll dig into that and, and give, certain, give those guys a spotlight and make some predictions on who we think could pop and potentially make a run at making a, a contribution a la Chris Barnes last year. So, um, Dane, any other closing thoughts on the draft? Uh, Wags, just really promising draft. I, I know it was overshadowed um, potentially by some of the other stuff that's going on in Green Bay, but I'll tell you what. A lot of young talent coming in here. This is a very, very, very good football team that just got better. I think that they they selected not only talent but also some need positions. Um, they filled some holes and Wags. I'm just I'm excited for it. I'm excited for OTAs now. I want to start hearing some reports and seeing how these guys start to look. Um, they're going to be digging into um, the playbooks and you know. It, it, the the team is starting to come together here. So I just um, good draft. Uh, now we get to see what these guys are actually going to show on the field. And I'm just, I'm excited for it. And you know how it is these off seasons, man, I feel like they get longer and longer. I'm ready for some football and some of this noise to maybe go away. I couldn't agree more. So thanks folks so much for listening. Um, let us know how we're doing and, and, uh, um, certainly check out. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get another Instagram live. I know these are a little bit more sporadic in the off season, uh, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get some uh, additional content coming out here soon. So thanks so much. And as always, go pack, go. Go pack, go.